Hi, everyone. This is Ellie McNevin, founder of Birdie Public Relations, and you're listening to PR Adjacent, the podcast that brings you behind the scenes conversations with our business development BFFs. We bring in experts to answer the most common questions we get from clients about growing businesses beyond PR, covering everything from product manufacturing to brand imagery and even website design. But it wouldn't be a Birdie podcast without occasionally talking about PR itself, because it only makes sense that as your business grows, your PR strategy grows with it. This episode was originally recorded as an Instagram Live for Birdie Public Relations on December 9th, 2021. We got a lot of great feedback from our Instagram Live series, but people wanted to be able to access the conversations more readily. So we listened and turned them into a podcast. Without knowing it, these early episodes that we're now calling season one were the first chapter in our past of podcasting. And I'm so grateful to these guests for being willing to share their expertise with our Instagram followers and now podcast listeners. It was such a joy to chat to Sally from Roseland Co. for this episode. She's a talented web designer and understands the nuances that make a lifestyle brand stand out in a digital space while also focusing on the functionality of a site in order to drive sales. I've loved working with Sally on sites for some of our clients and was so grateful to her for joining this conversation all the way from Germany. Let's jump in. Hi, Sally. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I am doing well. I see it's getting dark where you are. I'm like, <laughs> it's just, we're dealing with a little bit of a time difference, but I'm so glad you were able to join us today. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. And yeah, in Germany, it's very wintry already. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was asking you earlier if it was snowing outside. It looks like such a beautiful winter wonderland, but apparently not snowing quite yet, maybe. Well, we, uh, we've had a chance to kind of talk through some ideas for everyone today, and I'm so excited to share them. One of the reasons that I reached out to you about this is, you know, when I'm pitching clients to editors, one of the first things that they're looking at is the website, you know, so we've talked a lot about, you know, what is your kind of digital footprint and, and how are people learning about your brand and how are you representing yourself, you know, online? And so for me, that's so important. I mean, PR is a lot about press. It's also about reputation and, you know, positioning. And so that's really where the website comes in. You and I um, are luckily going to be partnering on a website for one of my clients in the coming months. So I'm really excited to be working more closely together. Um, But anyway, that's kind of how we started this conversation. But will you, is there any other background you want to just kind of tell people about, you know, how you got into this world? Yeah, of course. I mean, we, we also talked about it, um, is it is this website still a thing? <laughs> and I get asked that question a lot, but mm-hmm. overall, um, yeah, Instagram is really still the flyer, as we call it, the marketing tool. You, you just can't go without it these days, especially in our niche, which is um, very creative oriented. Um, but it's a tool to get your users to the website. But as you said as well, um, the clients need the website in order to show their portfolio. The website is really the digital home, the portfolio. Um, I'm going to start a project with an interior designer now, which is a bit old. He's a bit older and he has an amazing portfolio and such incredible projects. Um, but now he started his work, uh, started working with a younger generation. like, And they, of course, all want to see a website, which he doesn't really have. I think Creative World wants to see the portfolio of the website. And it's not just an interior designer um, or a blogger. I mean, product businesses obviously very much need a website um, before our call talked a bit about statistics and um, yeah the state of the 
motorsport right now and how it evolved. Yeah, it was like 80% worldwide are looking at the website before they're even going into a brick and mortar store. So if you're someone who has both a brick and mortar and e-commerce, like it's just as important to have that e-commerce, you know, up and running. And I think we talked a lot about too, uh, and we'll get into this in a minute, but making that e-commerce experience or that website experience feel like they're walking into your physical space, you know? So what do you want that to feel like? Because truly, I mean, it's, it's really one of the first things. So we talked about, yeah, Instagram, maybe, or social media, or, you know, word of mouth, maybe there's all these different sort of like top of the funnel ways that people find out about a business. But like, once they get to the website, they're really looking to kind of start exploring more about your brand and learning more. Maybe that's not going to lead to a purchase that time. But like when they're starting to explore more about your brand, like how long are they spending on these sites? I mean, we all know it's like point whatever second, but like literally what is it? 0.05 seconds. So the user decides for a time frame if they want to stay on a site. That's why it's so important that you don't maybe just walk with a template or a very quickly create a website that you just create in one day with a, um, platform builder really, but really um, think about who am I as a brand? What, how do I want my user to feel like in this very f- few seconds? And um, you really want not even a few, like not even one second you have. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. I think it's so important to think about, you know, standing out. And so, um, you know, for anyone joining right now, Sally builds custom websites And, you know, so what do people need to know about sort of a custom website, like versus a template? Like, obviously there's some really good templates out there, but what we know, I mean, one of the other things I think I found the other day, I'm like looking at my notes here, but, um, yeah, like, so e-commerce grew like 33% during the pandemic. And we know that like everyone was kind of aware that things were moving online, but 33%, I think it was like $800 billion. And people are just expecting to see that continue to grow because we're now so, you know, accustomed to shopping online for so many things. So there's a lot of competition, right? Um, so what do people need to know? I mean, you work on custom sites. I mean, would you ever recommend a template to someone? I know that's like probably against your core belief system, but like, are there any good templates out there? I mean, you could start with a template and then make it more custom, which is also great. But yeah, overall, it's just really important to stand out because there are just millions and millions of websites and it's getting more and more. And that's why it's so, so important to differentiate yourself and catch your, your, your audience. Um, and that's why so my projects mostly start really with the creative direction or the brand identity. That's where it all really building the world, not going that head into the website. Um, I really spent the first nearly one and a half or two months with my clients in the projects to, to go into strategy. I never want to just create a website or a brand identity just in terms of, oh, that's what we like, or that's what was beautiful, but really go very deep into what are your values? What are your brand words? What is your big vision? Um, these words that should come into your users' minds when they look at your website or at your logo or even colors and typography. And so first of all, I really go um, very deep into strategy. Um, what is the story that you want to tell? Um, who is your audience? Very important because you want your audience to like the website, not, right. not 
<laughs> right. Not just your mom, not just your friends. Like it really needs to appeal to your clients or customers. Yeah, exactly. And of course, um, an audience always mostly has a problem that you need to solve for them. Um, especially, of course, product-based business, they are searching for something that you solve. Exactly. How does this solve a problem for you? Like immediately when you have that less than one second to get their attention, like what are they seeing? We're like, oh, that would solve something for me or that would you know, add beauty to my home or whatever it is in that way. I think that's such a good point. Like very quickly, they need to see how this service or product could could serve them or enhance their life, right? Exactly. And yeah, even also in terms of design, uh, that the color, it sounds so bizarre, but colors even express the world that you want to show or um, that you have this cost. I love typo- typography and I think you can change so much. You, of course, choose it with very uh, with your values in mind. Really important for me to start with this brand identity and um, storytelling element. Even what you said, how do you want um, the user to feel as if they walk into the store, like really closing your eyes? What are they selling? What are they seeing? Maybe what are they hearing? hearing. Yes. Uh, exactly. Yeah, just that experiential. I mean... Listen, we all kind of understood that during the pandemic, we needed to move more online and we all did that and now we're doing that. But everyone kind of like misses some of these brick and mortar experiences, right? Like we just miss the experience. So when there's a way to, I think, bring that to people through the site, through your digital platform, through Instagram or video or, you know, whatever it is that they feel like they're getting that experience through your packaging, through like, I mean, I know I was so bad during the hide the pandemic so I was just like ordering little things to the house all the time to like get a taste of the outside world but the packaging it just transported me and for certain places I felt like I was going into their stores so I think there's so many layers to that feeling but the website is absolutely where so many people are starting so I think that's such a good point the other thing I love that you said was you t- you spend one to two full months on just strategy and really thinking about positioning because I think I've talked to clients a lot about this. I have to tell it to myself because I get excited about ideas and I want to see them out in the world and you want to kind of jump the gun. And I think that though is what makes people stand out when you can tell the ones that spent that amount of time going through and really making sure that their positioning was spot on and that they're product was you know different enough in the marketplace and all like you can just tell the difference so I appreciate um on your end all the thought that goes into it just before you even begin on the website you're starting with strategy and I always say you have such an amazing product or business or idea that you yeah develop and you want your brand and your logos and your colors and your website also to excite your client or customer or user. When I when I see a brand that I like the logo of, I get such joy and excitement of this is where I want to peruse some more because the branding is really good. And <laughs> that's making your user also decide to stay on the site and scroll more and then see the product and click on it. I think that's so true. So I mean that's I think that's the best takeaway out of all of what we're gonna get into it today is just like being to kind of identify what your brand should look like visually Sally you do it through web design but I mean it's just important to spend that time thinking through you know your brand and what it should look like so anyway that's if that's the biggest takeaway we can share with everyone I think that's a really good one like and that's 
that's the case for PR too. Like spend the time making sure your product is ready to go to market. Your brand is ready to go to market and then let's shout it from the rooftops. Right. But I think spending that time on the front end is always so valuable. So the other thing we talked about, you spend months working with clients on, you know, really custom websites and making sure everything is just tied up with a beautiful bow. But we were chatting about just what are some, some basic takeaways that people can all think about as we head into the new year. And I think we came up with some good ones, right? Um, <laughs> so do you want to tell us like, just what are some of the things that, that people should start with when they're looking at their site now? Is there kind of like an audit that they can do um, on things they might want to make sure they have in place? So my first kind of uh, word is always experience. There might be someone on the other end that isn't really into, I mean, the person doesn't know your product or your service and um, really going into, okay, how can I lead them through the site, the navigation? I hear even clients saying, oh, they love this and this website, but they find it so, so overwhelming they don't even know um, where they find the overview of all blog posts or so thinking about what are my page names? Is this making sense? <laughs> really also thinking easy, not think too complicated, um, not having too crazy pages, but really leading your user through the site. Um, one thing that is so, so important to me is not having dead ends. Um, yes. You never want to through your site and then it just ends and there's no call to action, no button to explore further blog posts or maybe on the contact page, for example, I always like to include uh, a button maybe to the work with me page or the about page because, you know, um, that page that a lot of others open first, either the contact page or the about page. So give them not just the text about you, but give them options to then read your three favorite blog posts or um, contact you. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And I was telling you that I was saying this to, I think, a client the other day. Just, I love this idea of no dead ends, you know, in general. And I love the idea of applying it to websites. Like, how can you just kind of keep them going through the site? So if you get to the contact page, then connect them to the, you know, about page or whatever it is. But I think it's the same in PR, which is why I love that so much. You know, I don't ever want to just pitch something to an editor and that's kind of the end of it. You know, it's, Let's pitch this something to them. And then what do you have coming up next? And then how can we keep the conversation going with them? You know, it's just, we don't want to be like, this is all of our eggs in one basket. And here's the huge thing that we're doing. <laughs> Goodbye. Nice to talk to you. It's, you know, kind of keep the conversation going. So like when I talk to clients, we kind of think about the year ahead and, you know, okay, here's this product launch or can there be a collaboration four months later? Can there be whatever, you know, that we could announce then? So I love this idea of just no dead ends in general. And I think as a brand on the PR side, you can also be thinking about no dead ends. What's kind of coming up next and next, because I think also when you're running a business, it can be so you put so much heart into this one thing and you're like here and put it out into the world. And you kind of, it's hard to think ahead about the next thing, but I think it's an important process. So I'm applying no dead ends to everything in my life now. So anyway, I love that one. At the end of the year, it's perfect to really look, okay, what's the next step maybe and how to mm -hmm. step further. And yeah, going back to user experience, one thing that is also very important, especially for product-based businesses when we come back to e-commerce is, of course, search or product filtering. Yes. Like that. Look into, okay, can you filter by size, by color, um, by collection maybe even? 
um, yeah, something like that is so important too. It's so important. And it's actually really hard. I have a client where we've been trying to figure out how to do that. Actually, I don't do web design, but um, it's hard, but it's really important that people can shop that way because, you know, if you're in the store, you can walk in and be like, okay, well, I like blue and here's some blue things and here's some blue and here's my size. I can find it here because it's in the middle of this rack or whatever. And you need to be able to do the same thing when you're online, you know, if you're a product-based business or if you're looking for something for your bedroom versus your living room or, you know, whatever the case may be, or your budget. Like if you want to shop highest to lowest or lowest to highest or within this price range, just making it so easy for them to be able to search that way, I think, right? Yeah, overwhelm is the worst really for a user experience. And you always have to think, okay, human nature is lazy, really. And don't want to (laughs) good reminder. Search and I mean in the end it's a business we're talking business here. We can talk about beautiful designs and storytelling and worlds, but in the end you want to sell that product or you want to sell yourself want your blog post to have this amount of numbers or um, page views. And that's why it can make a difference really to have the gorgeous design, but also um, the functionality behind it and that everything is working. Sometimes I know I get so frustrated when I want to order something and then the checkout process is a nightmare or the discount. Exactly. Or that, yeah, the promo code isn't working for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like, uh, I see that, um, Kathleen Holloway, Kathleen, we were talking, she might get mad if I say this, but we were talking about this the other day because she's a beautiful, um, wedding planner. And, you know, we're talking about the difference in the wedding and the marriage and, you know, the wedding is the party and the marriage is forever. And I feel like that's a little bit of, you know, what we're talking about, like the website design, like the, the beautiful aesthetic is kind of like this gorgeous wedding, but then it's like the marriage and the functionality and the day-to-day of like, how is this actually working out for you long-term, I think um, is so important, if not the most important, obviously. And so I think it's just kind of a fun thing to think about, but you know, you, you can put all this work into creating a beautiful site, but if, if people are having struggle or struggles kind of figuring out how to get to the product they want or, or get to the site or they're having trouble with checkout, you know, it, what was the point of doing all that? Yeah, use the end of the year or the beginning of next year to really go through it, test all functionalities, test user experience, maybe even ask a friend, can you try go through it? Not, not just yourself, you know your brand, you know your website, but someone that doesn't. Um, let him or her go through it and test everything, um, do a trial check out. Um, especially, I think that's also important for small businesses. And um, when you don't have a lot of stock, maybe having back in stock alert or something like that. Exactly. I use back in stock alerts all the time because I like shopping those niche brands. And I think I also create a lot of um, brands and website for these small new niche brands that don't have it. But um, when you get your, um, when you put so much effort into Instagram, for example, your marketing tool, you have your new collection out there, you want to launch it. And, but you of course have maybe just a couple of units per item. Um, but you have, you, you, you got there, you have this excitement and then there's nothing right. else. And then that's the thing, like there's a dead end, right? Because they want to go and check out with this product and there's nothing for them to do. It just says out of stock. So that's a dead end. But if they have this call to action, hey, do you want to be alerted when it's back in stock? Actually, we just set this up for a client way, meaning I tried to figure it out without your help. And, you know, anyway, it's like not as beautiful as it should be, but it'll be beautiful later. Anyway, but just from a functionality standpoint, 
I can't tell you how many notifications have already come in from people who have wanted to see items back in stock. And you know, it's super helpful too, just to kind of see interest from people like, oh, we didn't know that everyone wanted this item. Like that's kind of a surprise. And so, yeah, let's make that a priority. And it just kind of gives you some really like nice customer data too. So I think um, the back in stock thing is great because people who are shopping from small businesses, I think like they're willing to wait, like they want it to be from that brand. They want that specific item. So, you know, making it just easy for them to know when they can come back to the website and buy it, just a functionality thing, but it's, it's important. <laughs> That's yeah. so true. What about um, having different people of like different ages to test out your site, right? Like I'm thinking my grandmother, if she went through someone's site, like she would have totally different questions, you know, than if my cousin <laughs> went through it. So, I mean, I think maybe that's kind of a good exercise too, to just see like, you know, some sites, like my grandmother, the other few weeks ago, I was so impressed. She bought these shoes from Everlane and I was like, how did you find out about them? You know, like it was just, but their site was clearly functioning for her purposes. You know, she was able to find what she was looking for. And I think just such a good reminder thinking about, right, like your customer base or your client base, what is their age group? Like, is there, you know, are there other things to keep in mind just from a functionality standpoint that like, it might make sense to you, but maybe not be so obvious to other people? Yeah, that's the point. Accessibility, which is getting also bigger and bigger in the web design world. Um, yes. I mean, all of these are um, really our century. <laughs> um, yeah, can you speak to that at all? I would love to know. I mean, things like alternate text or just like anything to make your site more accessible. Are there any kind of tips there that you have to share? I know I'm putting you on the spot on that one. I think it's just still coming up. Um, I think there are actually web designers who are specialized on this. Um, it's maybe some easy, easy things like, is my font big enough to read for everyone? Mm -hmm. Is it yeah. other, maybe not just a pale gray with a pale white on it that you can't even really recognize mm -hmm. it? This is a good start, actually, before you go into the very um, deep stuff, like having a, a button that kind of has an audio of the text when you, for, um, for example. But, I mean, this is, of course, a whole different topic. <laughs> a very big right, right. I was just curious if there was anything that you had tried to, you know, figure out, because yeah. it's so important. Um, I met... There is um, a group here that works with the blind community and we had a wonderful meeting like a few, maybe a few years ago. And they were talking to me about just like the importance of alternate text, you know, on a photo so that if they can't see the photo, they can kind of have an, a sense of, you know, what visually you're seeing. And I think it's such a good reminder, you know, how to make sure that anyone can appreciate what you're putting out into the world. I think we live in a visual world and we're so lucky to live in that visual world, but that's not the case for everyone. And so you know, like you said, that's a whole other conversation, but it is just something to be mindful of, you know, how can you make sure that, that your site is accessible to everyone? I'm not an expert there, but I think it's just a good reminder for people to be thinking about, you know, too. So what about, um, like newsletter signups, anything else that are just kind of like low hanging fruit that people should make sure they have on their site? I mean, of course, a newsletter signup is also getting more and more important, um, I always tell my client when they start out, so when they really launch their business, okay, one thing after the next, maybe already install the newsletter setup so, so that you all can, can already click email address. Um, but of course, yeah, it's it's a lot of things that you have to do. It's it's Instagram marketing that you have to post post consist consistently. It's your website that you need to 
participate. Yeah, it's so many things that newsletters, of course, an additional task. And I always say, when you do things, do them well or don't do them. <laughs> but yeah, newsletter is definitely important too that you also own. So for example, Instagram can be gone the next day. And remember when it was down and we didn't know if it was ever coming back? Like that was scary. But you're right. When you have those email addresses, you have a way to still reach your customers if something truly does happen. You know, I mean, if you were having a big sale that day on Instagram and all of a sudden it disappeared, um, you know, it's really important to have another way to reach your clients and customers. So I think the email newsletter, even at bare minimum, just for those purposes, so you have a way to reach your clients and customers, even if you're not sending out regular newsletters. I think it's just a good thing to have set up. Um, I love that. So that's why it's so, so important. And also, again, the website. Um, all of these social media channels can come next day. So you need this website, which is just your own. Yeah, the things that you have ownership over. Absolutely. One thing I just wanted to kind of wrap up on was what do people need to know when they're when they're thinking they should hire a web designer, you know, like what, what should they be looking for? Is it really important that this person matches their style? Like, is there going to be a long wait time before they can get started? Like, what do they need to know? So I personally think you should definitely work with someone that understands your aesthetics. That's also how I kind of got into the business. Um, I was a web designer and you really don't even know where to start because that's something right. <laughs> really you go your dentist or something like that but not a web designer um so of course yeah ask around um if anyone has any recommendations or maybe look at it on instagram really um then reach just reach out just with normal people <laughs> i always say well i really like to get along with my clients and really yeah get a feeling okay what is it really that you need because also there's often not a one time fit package because everyone is the age of their business needs different things and so I always schedule an intro call which is very yeah just half an hour of talking about um, you telling me about your idea I'm telling you a bit about, about the process and then we can of course reserve your spot web designers are booked out pretty much <laughs> a long time in advance because another reason to plan in advance right yeah yeah for example, I, I just now book next summer because I'm a one-man show. I'm in every step of the process. My process takes about four months per project. So I only take on about four, five clients. And you have to say past projects take along a bit. <laughs> you never really finish at the end yeah, right. of your... That's a good point. <laughs> really. Um, um, but yeah... Um, yeah, think in advance. Even now, think about, okay, maybe you want to launch a business in fall, already look for a web designer. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I think we just need to be planning ahead. I think, you know, it's an interesting time post-pandemic. Like, I feel like web designers are booked up, you know, publicists are booked up. I mean, it's just, it's a really good thing to kind of be thinking ahead about your business and like what your needs might be. But um, I think that's that's the main thing is really just kind of like allowing your, yourself time to make it successful, truly. Um, but yeah, no, I love that. And I think, um, you know, sometimes I feel like a lot of times that websites have at the bottom of the site, like who it was designed by, right? Is that still a thing? So, that, I mean, if you really love a site, you should be able to maybe find out who did it and, and kind of go and talk to them first, right? Just reach out. I always say, um, yeah, just reach out to even any brand and ask them, okay, who did, 
included your website or yeah, um, yeah. do you have any tips? Oh, well, thank you so much for joining today. I feel like there's so much we could even, you know, keep getting into, but we've really touched on the highlights as people are kind of thinking about their web strategy for the new year. So thank you so, so much. This was super helpful. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I can't wait to work together. And thank you so much. Yes, I know. We get to kick off this website very soon. It's going to be awesome. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you're interested in learning more, you can find Sally at rosalindco.com and on Instagram at rosalindco. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live each month. You can learn more about Birdie Public Relations and our PR services at birdiepublicrelations.com and on Instagram at birdiepublicrelations. Thank you again.